another episode of Customer Success Talks, Real Challenges, Experts Advice. And today is not going to be the exception. We have two amazing guests with us. And it's sad that Naf is not here with us. Yes, I know we all miss him. But uh, we do have two amazing guests. And we're going to talk about um, success plans. Is that tool that we all need in customer success? Is that tool that you grab and then you save it in your toolbox? <clears throat> Today's title is Crafting and Cultivating Success, Strategies for an Effective Customer Success Plan. And why is it so important? Why should we use it? Should we always use it, actually? What to do right and what to do wrong? Okay, all of those questions and more we're going to talk about today. But first, let's introduce our guest. With um, 10 years of experience in customer success, leadership, technology, and strategic planning, we have with us Ayman Atsmi. Ayman, thank you so much for your time. And did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, yes, you said it right well, perfectly. Well, it's Ayman Atsmi, correct? Yes. And nice to be here. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, nice to meet you. Nice to all um, be here with you and um, talking about what we love, which is customer success. Yeah, and nice. And we, we have with us as well Aisha Bashwa. Aisha is a frontline customer success professional with five years of experience. Aisha has driven strategic client relationship and master onboarding and implementation. So Aishman, Aisha, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Byron. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. It took a while to record, a lot of planning behind it, um, patience as well, but we are here and we are ready. <laughs> Now, the first question, because before we go into the challenges of the day, that that what you are waiting for, let's start with the basic. Ayman, <clears throat> let's start by explaining why is so important and so crucial for customer success teams to actually use and implement success plans. That's a very good question, Ayman. So, so let me start by saying... Um, I'm very passionate about customer success and for the people who know me, they know this about me when I say I always believe customer success is a music piece well instrumented. So how we can orchestrate the different stakeholders, how we can orchestrate different components to achieve success and to achieve greatness, this is important. And one of the key aspects of this is having a success plan. So think of a success plan as a document or Think of it as a strategy that outlines the specific goals, milestones, actions, as well as measurements required to ensure all our customers achieve their desired outcomes with a product or service, regardless of what, what our business are, our businesses. So it, it's, it's essentially a roadmap that bridges the gap between the customer's current state where they are right now and their desired future state using our services and products and services. And if we achieve all this, then we have the right recipe for success. So think of it with a different analogy. It's like a cookbook. And we're about to cook um, our signature dish. This is customer success in a nutshell. That's such a good analogy. I just wanted yeah. to add as well that I think it's really important for us, that success plan for us to be able to demonstrate our value. It's, you know, we can have we have to have a plan in order to be able to show that, you know, we actually did cook 
So we have to show them that this happened. Um, even when clients aren't exactly looking or know that they want to achieve something, they don't, even when they're not clear about it, I think it's just one of those roadmaps, like Ayman was saying, that it's really necessary for us to have that guideline for our clients. Definitely. It's definitely important. And those analogies are amazing because the way that I see it is that we as customer success managers, we are the co-pilot next, with, with, next to the customer. And when they're, they're driving, we need to first plan. And for planning, we need this roadmap. Otherwise, how, can we, how do we know how to, get, how to guide the customer to where they want and more? So now that we know why, customer, why success plans are important, now that we have those analogies in our heads, Let's go into, is it actually important for every customer to have a roadmap, a success plan, or would you do this based on segmentations? Like what, what strategy or what is your opinion about this? Yeah, maybe I'll hop in there. Um, in my opinion, I think yes. I think even if a client is looking to maintain, even if a client is, even if you have a model, a client success model that it's a group model and it's not a one-on-one -on -one relationship, whatever that may be, I think we need to have that in place just because even if there's multiple people looking at the same account, we know where they are currently, where they're headed, where they could be headed, and sort of, even if it's not their own strategy, what we think would work for them in order for them to achieve success what we call success, but even if it's um, product stickiness, making sure they do renew, things like that. If we just leave our clients without any strategy whatsoever and not have an idea for them about where they are, where they want to be, I think it, it's kind of, we're, we're a lot likely to lose the client. We're a lot likely to show that we're not taking a look at their account, that we're not paying attention to them. So I think even if it's like the most basic sort of success plan, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, um, I think it's important to, to have that. I don't know. What do you think? Amen. Yeah. So like, since you loved my first analogy, so I have another one. <laughs> it's like you're planning a trip, right? Uh, with your friends and you need to go from A to B. And it's the first time you actually take the road to, to reach this point. You need to have some sort of guidance, whether it's you know it all GPS or maps or proper planning. So having such documents or like such, such tools with, with you will make you reach your destination at the time that you want it. Because eventually you will reach it, but like in what condition and when, this is where it differs. And this is why success plans are important. It's like it's something that you can apply in your day-to-day -day activities. It's like whatever decision you take, uh, you want to know if it was a successful decision or not. You define some sort of success criteria. Was I successful or not? And then how I can achieve that. And this is like in a nutshell, like, like why customer success plans are important. It really interesting. It would have been fun to hear different like if you both are like no i really i really i feel that um it's only a couple of them but this actually means that um and like the analogy the analogy that you just used ayman is so correct like even though we're planning for a small trip we are planning for it right we have some some questions to uh to ask before before we actually want to go to that place so it's it's amazing it's interesting it's it is definitely that tool that we need on our daily basis. One of the common challenges that customer success managers 
we have is a lot of showing the value to the customers. Why should they commit to a success plan? Why should they invest time on, on, the, on the success plan and actually do what it says there? Although success plans, they can change their nuts set on stones. But I'm curious to hear your opinion. Uh, we can start with you, Aisha. Um, when it comes to encouraging clients to work towards and commit to success plans, what have you have you had this scenario before? And if you, if so, like, what have you done? How do you actually tell the customer, like, you know, it is really important for you to follow this? So I think what we were talking about, it kind of plays off of the last question that it really matters how in depth your 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 plan is. So whether it's a full itinerary, you have everything there, or if it's sort of just a to do list in your phone, these are the things that I'll have to do next. Um, and playing off of Aaron's analogy there for a trip, but it's, you know, I always say it doesn't have to be an exact template and it doesn't have to be something that we've told them, this is a plan, this is a template, we have to fill it out and here are the things you must do. It just really depends on, you have to gauge the temperature of your client. So I always set a baseline with my clients and I tell them, I'm on your team, I want you to look good, I want you to be able to pick the, you know, keep the program, we're on the same side here. And then again, you're gauging the, the temperature of your client. So we have a variety of them. We have the keen ones who have metrics that they want to track. They, we have the ones who want metrics they want to track and they, they don't have them yet. We have some that don't really care and some, some that aren't engaged. But I think the strategy really differs from each. So starting from the ones who, you know, they can't commit to it. They don't even want to set the metrics. They don't know what their metrics are just open up the conversation. We don't even have to call it a planning call. In, a, in your regular check-in, you say, what, are you, what do you want to do? If they say, I just want to increase engagement and you know, open up your note wherever you're taking notes and, and write that down and you can lead with those questions. You can say, how much do you think you would want to? Do you have a number in mind? If they don't, obviously you're a client success professional, you have your tools, you can say, you know, I think a realistic goal for you and your industry would be somewhere here do you think that's an ideal goal that maybe we can check back in in a couple of months? That that is a success plan, right? Like there's not there's not always a, a list or a specific um, planning call where it has to be this this serious way of tracking it. We can have that in our toolkit on our end to be able to do that and to on the point of how we have them commit to it. We we keep it in our regular check ins. They might not like it. They might not want that planning call, they might, you can start there. You can say, Hey, can we have a planning call email in the, or in your email? And they'll say, no, not really. We're not really interested, but it's how you communicate with them in your regular cadences. Even if it's your monthly business review or whatever that may be, you can say, Hey, I pulled the statistics for you. This is how we're tracking. I remember that you said, this is what you want to do. It's where you're kind of picking and choosing those pieces that they're talking about and you're actively listening to to um, what they're really saying. So um, sometimes I guess the bottom line is you're, you're sneaking in the commitment. You're trying. They're not really committing to it, but they kind of are there. Yeah. So like to, to me, like success plans is, is never a one size fits all. You have different types of customers. You have the needy ones, you have the agile ones, you have the more agile ones. 
you have the people that would love to have a weekly cadence, bi-weekly, monthly, or even quarterly cadence. So you always have to tailor the success plan based on your customer's objective, based on um, your customer's maturity, based on the desired outcomes of what you want to achieve out of this, with one key main focus, which is how we can improve customer loyalty, how we can strengthen the relationship with our customers. A customer success manager, like one of the key or fundamental characteristics of a customer success manager is becoming the trusted advisor for customer. And you get to be that when they have a well-crafted, aligned success plan aligned to their businesses. Not just like a template where you have to fill, input whatever data that is required there, and then here you go, populate whatever plan. It has to be tailored and fitted for the customer's needs and objectives. Yeah, it's not set on stone. Definitely, yeah. It's amazing because the success plan is a way, like Aisha was saying, is a way where you can actually go back to <clears throat> to find those highlights, that conversation um, that you had with your customer. You can go back to, to the success plan and even you can use it as a tool to to start a, com a communication via email, um, a way to start like um, delivering value. Just remember that, for example, remember the last time we spoke about this, this and that um, and we committed to this and this. So, yeah. It's it's amazing um, how we can always ensure that there is a structure and a summary of the conversation, but also where we want to go. And I like the part about the mindset. Like we, as customer success managers, the mindset that we have to have is not only about being proactive, customer-centric, that's important, but also the mindset uh, that each customer's company is your company as well and what would you like to hear from the other person on the other side do you agree absolutely i think i think what amen was saying about really tailoring it for them and i was saying about how we're a team that's that's how we want to view it we want to personalize these things for them and we want to build their trust and kind of have them know that you can tell me what you're looking for um, you can tell me what your leadership is looking for. We're all sort of on that same track um, to to kind of just move things forward. So right. And the second challenge that we're going to talk about is not only aiming to people transitioning to customer success, maybe even you who are already a customer success professional. You are doing, you're already using a success plan. Probably you're already using one. And maybe with the tips that we're going to give today, you can even you can improve it. And for those who are transitioning to customer success, we want to give you a picture of how, or I mean, what are the components of a success plan? We're not going to dig exactly into how to, but we're going to give you the components, the, the important ones, because like in customer success, it all depends. So the first challenge is a lot of um, how to start creating your own success plan, which is also effective which is important. So what, criti what critical components, um, Ayman and Aisha, would you, would you say that are important when creating an effective and efficient customer success plan? Which are those components? So, I should go first or I would go. So, um, so, it is quite simple to be honest. Uh, while certain companies or certain organizations 
would love um, to have a more uh, robust version of it, but it really comes down to five or six key items that needs to be documented in a success plan. Anything else is simply, I would call it like, uh, like bells and whistles. So one is defining, clearly defining, the customer objectives. What customers want to achieve. And the second one, think of it as if like we're reverse engineering it. What are the milestones? What are the significant steps or stages towards achieving those objectives? Then we map these milestones to actions, how we can align and agree on specific tasks or activities that needs to be undertaken to reach these milestones. And throughout the way, we're defining KPIs, metrics that will kind of like it will be used to measure the progress towards the objectives. And then you cannot have all this without really identifying who the stakeholders are, who are the parties that are involved, what their roles are, what their responsibilities are, and how we can all collaborate together. And finally, you cannot have a plan without a timeline. So having an expectation around the time frames for achieving each milestone and objectives are crucial for a successful and a meaningful success plan. I think you hit the nail on the head there, um, Avon. Those are exactly really what I would say. You don't really need anything else. Um, on top of that, especially the stakeholders and the stakeholders who are decision makers is, is really important. Are these, um, is this progress being shared with the people who are stakeholders that do have buy-in as well? Um, and what I like to do, and I think the cherry on top is sometimes you have to go to different places to get the information. So I'll even throw in when was our last cadence or, or what is our time of cadence and when was the last like thorough business review with those certain stakeholders. Sometimes I put that in there really just depending how aggressive an approach you would take. But I think those are um, those are the key things you're, you know, you're really trying to measure. You should have um you should try to be able to quantify it, however that may seem. Um, and the thing I always say is don't be afraid to utilize artificial intelligence. So even if, you know, if you feel like you need something more standard and then you want to take that and personalize it per client, if you feel like these broad questions aren't so enough, um, try, try chat GBT, whatever it may be. Um, type in a prompt that's I'm a client success professional in X industry. What would a template for a client, uh, client success um, success plan look like? Um, even things like that can really help. And, it, you know, it gathers information from across the board. Every company is different if you don't have a standard um, at your company. Um, that's definitely something you can um, you So can adding leverage. what I just said, like you can come across people that kind of like overwhelmed with the number of templates available online, right? You have uh, five pages templates for a success plan, and then you have one page, right? Like for me, a white paper would be enough as a success plan, and then you start putting in your thoughts. Like th if, you, if you really think about it, every person, not just a CSM, every person, when they're meeting customers or they're meeting someone, they start taking notes, right? So they... In their notebooks, they're writing down how this meeting will be successful. What do I want to achieve out of this meeting? What do I want to achieve out of this customer? 
how do we achieve this? When do we have any time frame on when we close this deal if we're in sales or when to kick off the project if we're in professional services? So every single person is pretty much automatically writing these in their notebooks. You just want to put it on, on the template, right? Because, and I used to tell my team this, um, don't feel uh, overwhelmed with the existing templates that we have today. Put your thoughts in a white paper. What do you want to achieve for this customer? If you look at the end of the day, sorry, at the end of the year, and you want to say that I had a very fruitful and successful year as in customer success, what does that mean to you as an individual? Because these will automatically be mapped to the success plan as well. Really simple. Like, it could be done simple or it can be really complex in structure, right? It, it all depends, as, as usual. And in customer success, we have to be curious and never assume. And when, we are, when, I'm, when I'm referring to curious, it's because I want to know, because I'm curious. You got the joke? Yeah, it's fun, right? <laughs> what questions, what are your, five, your top five questions or which are those questions, mandatory questions that you should ask in a success plan when you are creating one with a customer because this is with the customer and for the customer. Um, Ayman, let's start with you. Like, what are well, your top questions to ask? Like, mine are quite straightforward. It's like, what are you trying to achieve? Because this is important because we want to set the clear expectation, right? And then um, identifying what kind of issues that we that might appear, that might surface, because like we want to be able to anticipate any potential challenges that we might face. We want to always move from um, being reactive to being proactive. And this is quite essential. So then the, the, the next question would be simply identifying the stakeholders. Who are the people committed to work with us? Who are the people responsible for the success of this um, project or success for, the, for this implementation, right? Uh, or for the usage of this technology. So these are the, the top three questions and then each one of these would open up a whole set of other questions that at the end of the day, I would have an airtight success plan. I'd understanding what they want, how they want it, when can we achieve it, timeframes, who are, who are, who are the people that are going to help us, and so on. Yeah, I think, I think those are really great questions because you just have that broad, you're just casting a net, right? You're saying, what's your goal? What do you want to do? And then people can sort of get into it. And it's our job to be able to ask those follow-up questions. They're going to say, again, I was using this example earlier. Oh, I want to increase engagement. Okay, cool. By how much? Do you know how much? Um, how would that happen? How come it's low right now, do you think? Was there anything happening at the company? Um, do you, does your leaders buy in? Because you're ha it's conversational. You're asking what's going on rather than asking a question and just simply writing it down and going to the next question. Just ask, dive into why it could have not been, why aren't you there yet? And why do you, even sometimes, why do you want to achieve something? Is, is somebody looking, looking for it or is this just a personal or, or departmental goal? That's cool as well. But I think um, Eamon said it really well where it's, you start with a broad, you start with the broader questions and then it naturally sort of flows into um, like a, a, a full success plan once you start asking a few more questions. And it's like everything in life, right? With experience, questions will change 
you will start learning which questions are actually effective, which ones are not, um, which questions you should add to which specific um, stakeholder. Because if we uh, if we if we know what are our stakeholders' responsibilities, we might understand their mindset as well and how they're measured. So also each question will be directed to who and their personality and their responsibilities behind it. Um, but you actually touch, and I'm going back a little bit um, to our first challenge about ChatGPT, which is really like a really popular um, topic nowadays. Um, Aisha, what, what, how would you brainstorm a little bit with ChatGPT when it comes to this, like asking questions to your customers, or do you not utilize it for that? Um, sometimes, you know, it really just depends. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the end of my career where I probably don't need the prompts from there, but it's really important how you phrase it into AI. You can say, again, I am a client success professional in X industry. I will be speaking to a director of finance, let's say in this industry, what are the top three questions? If you really tailor who you're asking, what department they're in, how formal it needs to be, what should the response be? Um, AI can really, really um, tailor those responses to you. Even if you say more formal or more less formal, AI can be able to help you craft those responses. And then of course, take that and make it your own. But um, I think the the point there is to really be careful with those prompts. Make sure you have audit key audience, who you are, what expert you are, um, and, and being as detailed as possible. I think um, plugging that into AI can be a really useful tool, especially for those who are yeah, so, in so, the so beginning of their say, career. It is a really powerful tool. Like, like, like nobody can argue that. Um, and the, the way I see ChatGPT can, can help us on our day-to-day -day activities as CSMs helping us prep. So in a scenario where you are an, an expert in customer success, you're a senior customer success manager. So you have the foundation, but you don't have the industry knowledge, for example. Let's say you've just been assigned a customer um, in financial sector, a bank, and you're meeting one of the executives. Let's say you're meeting um, uh, transformation people, for example. Um, you, you need to know what is top of mind in these type of personas. This is where ChatGPT can help. It can, can help you like craft these questions, as, as Aisha was saying, to fit within these personas, to fit within in these industries. And it will also help you to understand what are the top three trends, for example, that are happening in, uh, in FinTech. So then you can tailor your messaging and you can always keep in mind how you can relate to the people you're talking with. Because one of the key things um, in establishing trust is that you're able to relate to them on how you can even help them achieve their objectives, whether directly through your software or indirectly as well. It's part of the whole champion building, how we can help these stakeholders to be our champions so that we can even nurture this relationship even more. And that, oops, sorry, Byron. No, no, that, it got me so excited because it reminded me um, <laughs> those trends and industry trends, how we keep a, a tab on our clients. What I like to do is also outside of ChatGBT, put Google alerts for my clients, and then you can see the top news. Something goes bad, something goes well, they, they earned an award. Hey, um, I heard this and this, is this going to change X success metric or 
whatever, even if it's just a congratulations, like I remember saying, it really builds the trust. So when you're able to um, even drop that industry knowledge or anything like that, even current events and news articles, you know what's going on with them and in their company. So they, you know, typically that builds the trust and, and they see you as that knowledgeable advisor. Yeah, like it's, it's a way to start. It's like a really good way, actually, to start a small conversation. Instead of a, hey, hello, thank you for your time. How's everything so far? It's definitely a good catch. Amazing, amazing tips here. It's time to start wrapping up today's episode, sadly. But there is one more question that I have. And that's regarding what not to do when with with success plans. Because we went through what to do. We gave a lot of tools, questions, components. But what not to do when using a success plan? Any tips? Aisha, would you like to start this one? I think um, I'm laughing a little bit because this one's a little bit funny. But sometimes, you know, where as client success professionals, your leaders may, might say, okay, you need 100% of success plans open for each one of your clients. And sometimes, depending on timelines, whatever you're going on with the client, you can't have one open. Um, my hot tip is don't open one if you don't have anything. Don't just write something in there. Don't just make it up. Um, and just to have your KPI filled, I think put thought into it. Um, because I've seen this happen many times when you know, you're know you inheriting a client from someone else, you're putting anything in there. You're putting a filler. I think they should um, increase whatever amount of engagement, whatever that may be. It's not exactly tailored to your client. And especially when you have different people from across the company, like sales professionals, um, anything, anyone, product teams, anything, when they're hopping into your success plan, depending on the structure of your organization, um, really put thought into it before, before you write that down, because I'm, my mindset is longevity, right? Maybe you're not going to be a CSM forever in this company. Maybe you're going to be sharing this client success plan, whatever that may be. If you haven't had those conversations, if you're not sure, maybe a placeholder, maybe you can label it as a placeholder, but, but don't, don't just fill it out for the sake of filling it out for your company. Uh, this triggered an unhappy customer at the end because we did not have a successful success plan because it was overcomplicated. So what not to do is not to make it as a routine task. So hence, simplifying it. Making sure that we are honest with customers. What, the way we see success might be different from the way customers see success. This is why we, it has to be a joint exercise. We need to work on this together. Um, I, I think these are the most common mistakes that I've seen uh, in my time in customer success that were happening. Interesting. Interesting both both um, insights here. Also keep, in mind, also keep in mind that... Oh, wait, sorry. Also keep in mind that you are not the only one who's going to see the success plan. I mean, if one day... Hopefully not, and I'm touching wood here. If you get sick and you need a, a replacement for that, um, uh, a, a, an impact review or QBR where you're going to bring the success plan, well, another person will have to have access to that as well. The success plan is a tool that also helps alignment and collaboration between internal teams. So keep it simple, but keep it important. 
effective. Keep that in mind. Keep it in a way that if you read it, um, you, you know another person will understand. It's not, and you have to share it with your customer as well, right? So it's like keeping that in mind. It's like that bridge between what other people internally are going to see in your team and also what your customer has is, has to see. I have one more question, guys. I promise this is the last one. It's about how do you usually share your success plans with your customers? Because we have two different people with two different backgrounds, experiences. I want to know how you, each of you share your uh, success plans with your customers. Um, Aisha, would you like to take this one first? So it really depends on the client. Um, for certain ones, I make them a slide. The ones that are visual, this just, again, just comes with experience. What department are they from? Are they from like the, again, financial department or whatever that may be. Some people like a collaborative sheet, like an Excel sheet that's shared. They can put in their notes, whatever that may be, where we are in the progress. They like color coding. Are we in red? Are we in green? That's how they absorb information. That's how they share information. Others, I do a simple slide. Like I said, they're able to share that in one PDF straight to their leadership. And then others, the ones who don't have that a lot of structure will sometimes be an email. It'll be like, here's what we discussed. Here's what we're looking for and looking to achieve over the next quarter. These are our quarterly goals. This is how we're going to do it. And and they they kind of keep track. They, they save it in their email. Um, because they know I have it, um, I typically use Gainsight or something like that. I have it in that way. They can always check in with me. Um, but it's only that select few that I see with like a collaborative shared Excel sheet where they can also add their notes and change it. We need to remember a success plan is part of the CX journey. So the first time customers can have like hero success plans is from us in the first meeting. So one of the things that we do to them is we pitch as a next step, this is what we want to do. We want to start working together on a success plan. And ideally, at the end of that meeting, we'll be scheduling a next meeting, a second meeting, only to go through the success plan. And it will be like a live document so that we'll be working together, initial drafts until we have a final version, signed off from us internally, as well as the customer, and then boom, there goes, you have your success plan. So like they, like they don't see it only once, like they keep it on the repositories, we keep working on it all the time until we have a final version. Because keep in mind that they want to use it also as a guidance, they want to keep referring to it as well. So it's not only for a CSM to keep referring to, but it's also for the customers to keep checking it from time to time whether the CSMs with them or not. And that's so interesting. So I like that formal, like that side of formality where, you know, you review with them and they sign off, they approve it, they review and say, this is okay. I really like that as well. I think that it could be a difference in industries as well, but I think that's a great way to, to look at it as well. Yeah. Huh? So interesting because this is, it's, it's a plan that we develop with the customer. It's not yeah. a plan for us to say, okay, I come with this plan to, to my boss and to, tell my boss, okay, this is what we did. No, the idea of it is actually to give it to your customer and both have an agreement on it. They, as their customers, they're experts on their field and knowing what they want. And we, as the experts in our company, as the advisors for them, as the ones that we want to, we want them to succeed, succeed 
right? So keep that in mind. This is a collaboration. This is teamwork. And customer success is a lot of teamwork internally, externally, and even beyond. So Ayman, Aisha, thank you so much for your time. <music>